Former Speaker McCarthy moments ago nominated Representative Jim Jordan to be the next Speaker of the House. And the third vote will take place today with Congress focused on the Speaker, the war in Ukraine, the war between Israel and Hamas, the disaster at the U.S. southern border. Yeah, the Farm Bill is not on the priority list of most in Congress. Live, enriched with Florinol via Farm Journal broadcast, this is Agritalk. This morning, it's our Friday for Reefer-All with panelists, pro-farmer policy OG Jim Wiesmeyer, and from Real Ag Radio, the Alberta Breeze, Sean Haney, and directly following the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork, I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome back, the host of Agritalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis, yeah, thank you. Hey, man. Great job uh, just taking the reins of the show on Tuesday, Thursday this week while Big Apple Joe and I were mm-hmm. traveling. Really appreciate it. Great work. Well, um, thank you very man, much. You, uh, man, you make my job easy. High praise indeed. And the thing is, man, if I can make your job easy and you can go out and do stuff like explore ports and things uh, for our listeners and then report back from the facility... Oh, dude. There's nothing better than that. Teamwork, baby. Makes the dream work. Oh, that was so cool. That was so cool. Now, this just in. This Mm -hmm. just in. We're going to go to another port, Big Apple Joe and I. All right. Next month, we're going to be at the Port of South Louisiana. Okay. This is a monster, an absolute monster port. You've heard Mike Steenhook, Soy Transportation Coalition, talk mm-hmm. about the efforts of dredging on the lower Mississippi yeah. uh, and, and how USB and Soy Transportation Coalition and so on have supported those efforts down there. We're going to go take a look. We're going to take a look at what's going on down at the, the Port of South Louisiana and uh, all the major players. All mm-hmm. the major players have got a berth and loading facilities there at the Port of South Louisiana. So should be quite the trip. We're looking forward to doing that. And and this partnership that we've got going with United Soybean Board to explore the uh, uh, the, the upgrades to infrastructure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the efforts to improve the efficiency of the delivery system, I think it's, it's really cool. I, I'm just getting started, and I've already learned so much. So. a boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, Looking now, if you're going to, to the southern part of the state, it might be Louisiana. Louisiana? I can check I'm gonna that I'm going to have to check you. that. I'll check it. I'll check it. I'm going to have to check it. Let's, Let's get, get to, to the, the news. news. National Weather Service Outlook Storm System is going to bring showers and thunderstorms to the east into the weekend. Much above average record tying or breaking warmth for much of the central western U.S. Chip, this slid under my radar. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it it's... This weather changing and what it's going to do to us here in the Midwest is going to be something that we're going to have to pay real close attention to. But personally, right now, based on what the markets are doing, I'm paying Mm -hmm. more attention to what's going on down in South America. There you go. Well, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, released its winter outlook, highlighting the anticipated effects typically associated with the El Nino weather phenomenon The outlook covering the December through February period suggests improved drought conditions for the southeast, the Gulf Coast, and Texas due to El Nino. However, it also forecasts drier than average conditions in the northern regions of the United States, particularly the northern Rockies, high plains, and areas near the Great Lakes. Areas that could use some water to recharge the... the inland waterway system that we've got here in the in the Midwest that that doesn't sound good for the Mississippi. We're going to need to get more from Jim on this because I don't know what's happening. But okay. Representative Jim Jordan's attempt to suspend his bid for speaker and have a temporary House chief take over has hit a roadblock, shedding light on the turmoil within the House GOP. The party's struggle to settle on a leader underscores the shift from an ideological focus to one driven by personalities and grievances. The House currently faces its longest period without a speaker since before Watergate chip, leaving lawmakers concerned they may appear incapable of basic governing functions. I'd say yeah, that's we, a legitimate concern, Chip. Yeah, well, we're going to have a long conversation. I'm sure that that's where we're going to start in the free-for-all today. Yep. 
Well, in a speech Thursday at the Economic Club of New York, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell suggested the U.S. Central Bank is likely to keep interest rates steady at its next meeting. But he also left the door open for future rate hikes if there are signs of robust economic growth. Powell's comments align with market expectations. The Fed will skip that rate increase for a second consecutive meeting at the end of October and early November. It's a perfect opportunity to go ahead and raise rates. They've got the expectation set low now. If they raise rates now, you could shock the system and get the results that they're actually looking for. Well, farmers are reportedly opting to tap into their savings from recent prosperous years instead of taking out loans at the highest interest rates since 2007. This, according to surveys conducted by regional Federal Reserve Banks. Reports indicate the average operating loan issued in the past summer was almost 20% smaller chip than the previous year's average. The KC Fed reported the average interest rate on various types of farm loans has reached the highest level since 07, standing at 8.34%. Interest rates are real. I mean, that's uh, that's the bottom line on that story. Yep. Well, this week, oil markets experienced significant fluctuations, Excuse me, primarily due to a series of U.S.-related developments. Initially, the markets reacted to the U.S. decision to lift sanctions on Venezuela, Then attention shifted to reports of the U.S. refilling its strategic petroleum reserve. And most recently this morning, news emerged that a U.S. warship intercepted missiles launched from Yemen, adding to the market's uncertainty. Lots to talk about, Chip. Dude, there is so much to talk about. And (laughs) and there are headlines coming from every direction uh, around the globe uh, at this time. All right. Thanks, buddy. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, editor of Farm Journal's Pork. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. All right. So what's the latest on the animal activist front? Well, I shouldn't say that I enjoy Abby Cornegay's story, but every year the Animal Agriculture Alliance puts together kind of this wrap up of all of the things or things that they heard that really were alarming to them Mm -hmm. from animal activist conference throughout the year. So the 2023 roundup is up and on our porkbusiness.com website right now. And some of the comments are just real startling. I mean, one of them is when it was, we must abolish animal ag to prevent the next pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one talks about scientists using AI to decode animal language. So one day maybe the animals can advocate for themselves. I mean, some of the the comments out there and and the belief among this small percentage of our population, you know, yes, it's small, but they're really loud and aggressive. So, (laughs) you know, she talks about the importance of our role in speaking up about the things that we do in animal ag and not being scared to tell our story. Right. Yeah. the, the, The biggest issue that we face in telling the story is that no matter how believable, how factual, how scientific and ethically based our story is they'll just hit it with a bunch of lies and and try to over you know overwhelm it with that so we need to keep that in check that's the biggest thing and uh limit the influence right correct and the more of us who talk about it and the more good stories that are out there you know hopefully we can drown out the noise of that small group of people that just speak real loud so yes absolutely give it a read go to www.porkbusiness.com got to keep up with everything that's happening out there jennifer thank you so much appreciate you thank you jennifer shike editor form journals pork weissmeyer haney michelson and me we got the free for all next here on agritalk every acre tells a story but to hear it you need the right tools Tyrannus Acre Forward Intelligence turns leaf-level data into actionable insights. Read your fields from the palm of your hand. Make decisions with more certainty and speed than ever before. And have a more informed discussion with your retailer to preserve your hard-earned farm legacy, season after season. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. At Simplot Grower Solutions, success starts with seed. For each field condition, climate, and agronomic management style, your local Simplot Grower Solutions crop advisor can help you select and provide the seed that enables you to plant a strong foundation for the growing season. Our team of seed experts are committed to your success and will offer the support you need to optimize your yield potential. Contact your local crop advisor now for your best seed opportunity or visit simplotgrowersolutions.com for more information. Always up early. 
Always getting the job done. Always working as hard as you can. Always pushing for more. Because you never settle. For farmers who seek outstanding performance they can count on, the only brand is DeKalb Corn. Featuring a broad portfolio of products, precision bred to maximize profit potential on every field. DeKalb brand. Never settle. See us at DeKalb.com. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. For some farmers, soybeans are on their mind 24-7. If you're all about the beans, then Asgrow brand is all about you. That's why we've dedicated ourselves to developing truly localized products. Products with leading genetics and top-tier weed management. Products that maximize the profit potential on every acre you've got. You're serious about soybeans, and we're serious about your success. Visit asgrow.com. It's all about the beans. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. (coughs) Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd, sir. Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in our industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. AgriTalk is brought to you by Phospholutions, which is excited to launch Rhizozorb, the first fertilizer technology proven across hundreds of field trials to improve grower ROI by 20% and maintain or increase yield with less applied phosphate per acre. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Friday morning. Man, oh man, oh man. Can't believe this week just absolutely blew through. Davis, do you remember that yeah. on Monday morning we started with a conversation with Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa? Let me throw this at you. Do you okay. remember the last 11 weeks when corn was stuck in a sideways trading range? And yes. Suddenly the, the, the December contract burst forth. We're still up a penny today. Yeah. Uh, is it too soon to say breakout? Is it too soon? It is too soon to say breakout. Yeah. sure? Okay. Yes. Well, let's not say it then. Yes. We but you got Novi beans over air. 13 bucks too. We're going to talk about that later. Okay. Uh, we because we've got to talk about what is going on in corn and soybeans and what is driving that. Uh, right now, let's bring in the rest of the team. Jim Weismeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Chip. I want to say some late breaking news. The CO2 pipeline project was canceled by Navigator CO2 Ventures. They right. cited a, a lot of unpredictable state regs. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this the same thing that that we heard last Friday? Yeah, but this is now on a on a on a Midwest level. Oh, okay, uh, absolutely. So not just Iowa. This is not, yeah. I saw a report on it in South Dakota too. Thank you, yes. Jeff. And it aimed to capture 15 million metric tons of carbon dioxide dioxide annually. So this is a biggie, Chip. Oh, it certainly is. It certainly is because it, it's going to have an impact on the carbon. Um, intensity scores of uh, of the plants, depending on what happens with the carbon going forward. Now, hopefully, hopefully we will find a way to capture that carbon and put it to use, maybe in some alternative fuels. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how it could be used, but I know it can be turned into fuel. Yeah. And if that process takes place, we can still get the carbon intensity score that these ethanol plants need to 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 put ethanol in position for um, use in the sustainable aviation fuels and so on. Boy, you just opened up a big old box of stuff right there, didn't you? <laughs> yes, yes. Jeez, I was going to start with baseball, and you come out swinging <laughs> with the navigator. A walk-off home run. Huh? Oh, oh man. I don't know. It's either that or you hit into a double play. One of the <laughs> yeah, two. That's true. That's true. 
Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. How are you, buddy? Hey, great. I'm doing great, Chip. And uh, yeah, the, these baseball series got a little bit tighter yesterday. Yeah. Two days ago, it looked like, man, we could have two sweeps. Yeah. But uh, it's looking pretty good for the week for some weekend baseball on top yeah. of a phenomenal college football schedule. Well, I don't know how phenomenal it is for this. Well, you got to watch other teams and just Iowa State. Chip. Iowa State's got to buy. And, you know, it, I just kind of lose interest. Just kind of lose. No, I'm excited for it. But yeah, Houston and Texas, all of a sudden it went from 2-0 to 2-2. Uh, and it yep. was a thumping last night that Houston gave Texas. And then uh, Philly leads Arizona 2-1. to I still think Philly's got the advantage in that. But the Arizona Bats did come alive last night. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. I've been gone this week. You guys know uh, I was out uh, in the Pacific Northwest in Aberdeen, Washington, at the Port of Grays Harbor. I was trying to keep up with everything that was going on. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump right into what I think is, I don't know if it's if it's the number one headline maker or if it's what has my attention the most, but I want to go to the chaos in the house. They are preparing for or in the process of, I can't tell exactly what is going on right now, but they are going to hold uh, another vote for Jim Jordan, which reminds me, I mean, Who's the most defeated nominee for House Speaker probably in the history of the U.S.? I mean, it's Hakeem Jeffries because there's so many <laughs> votes. There's there's so many re- votes on the Republican side. You got to – I mean, it's kind of a unique record for Jeffries to hold. But, Jim, how did we get from yesterday McHenry it, and it looking like McHenry was going to be – given additional powers as a temporary speaker to where we are right now? Well, it was the same old rebel crowd that uh, galvanized uh, the votes against it. Uh, To be fair, they just, uh, certain the majority of uh, House Republicans wanted to actually vote on a speaker rather than an interim speaker. And we're not going to have one today, Chip, because uh, there's already 13 votes against uh, Jim Jordan as they're voting now. Oh. Yeah, and Jim Jor- Jordan threatening everybody. I'll I'll make you stay over the weekend and vote. Yeah. I won't let you go home. Which yeah. th- there there is a real concern about absentees for weekend voting, and and how close this is. And I I saw a couple people writing about the crazy situation where the Democrat side would actually maybe have enough votes. Like it's this is just a mess. It, oh. it like it. You know, we've we've all been involved in local community boards. This this takes the cake watching a lack of governance on on this end. And, and it seems like a lot of the representatives that don't like the interim solution saying it's unconstitutional. Um, it seems to be the main reason that is being given. It's not just the rebel rousers. It's 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 more than it's more than just that, which if it is unconstitutional, it's it's kind of ironic that the party that talks about the Constitution so much is potentially trying to come forward with an unconstitutional solution to a mess that they actually created in the first place. There, it's mm-hmm. what it's it's what a week. Yeah, it certainly is. So I've been trying to keep up. In addition to keeping up with the news, I've been trying to keep up with messages from listeners. Uh, there, there are more than a few. Listeners that look at what is going on in the house. And I get comments like, thank God there's still independent thinkers out there. They're thinking for themselves. They're not, it's not group think. Um, there are, there are many out in the middle of the country that say, Hey, Matt Gates is standing up for us. Uh, he is against all this additional spending I don't know if it's that policy driven for Gates or if Gates has just decided I really like causing problems. I haven't made the decision on that yet uh, on, on exactly how I feel about it. But there are there are people across the country that are looking at this process and saying, let it play out. Let it play out. This is. uh this is like, it, it what, may what be ugly, let but it, let, 
but let it happen. Yeah, but what does let it play out mean? Like, they just don't name a speaker? Well, no, you got like, it. What does let it play out? You get, well, you don't know. You just don't do know it. what let it play out results in. It's like a baseball game when the first pitch is thrown. You don't know Mc, how Mc, the thing is going to end up. McHenry was a was one of the big supporters of McCarthy. And now the same group that's, that ousted McCarthy is suggest, you know, Jordan is suggesting, you know, McCarthy, you know, uh, McHenry as an interim solution is great. Well, how is he different than McCarthy? I don't know. This all makes no sense. Jim, come on. Try well, to make it, it make a little sense. It was personal. It was personal between Matt Gates, and uh, who's the a little rich guy from uh, Florida, his his father. Uh, and uh, and McCarthy, and it isn't uh, with the uh, others. Remember so. when we were watching the the McCarthy confirmation kerfuffle, and we were frustrated and just Round had eight. had enough. And then Round nine. we had a guest come on that was like, "Look at what we're what we're we're seeing the process play out before us. Sometimes democracy is ugly." Yada yada yada. I wonder when we hit that point on this. Well, I think that that some some listeners that have made contact with me are expressing that sentiment already. But I don't think if if we were at the third vote on Jim Jordan, right, you know, and and we hadn't had the McCarthy experience, I don't think they'd be there. They they'd be, mm. you know. But I think what they're saying is, listen, we've what what we're going through right now because of what happened with McCarthy is not a unique situation. We can get through this. Now, the big difference here and Haney, uh, you, you were the first to point this one out. The big difference here is the time that it is taking and the, the importance of the time that we are in between, you know, how many legislative days do we have left this year, Jim? Uh, well, it depends on the, the not many. Let's just yeah. put it that way. That's that's why uh, this is so important because of the must pass legislation and why it's now getting down into very low odds of any action on the farm bill. And then uh, you have to talk about the extension and uh, all this stuff about shutting down the government. When are you going to come to grips with that too on November seventeenth? Well, you just kind of laid some things out for us to talk about here in the next segment. The process is underway. Jim Jordan, as Jim Wiesmeyer already pointed out, is not going to win this round, but they're going to continue the voting. We've got more of the free-for-all coming up next. From innovation to action, BASF is collaborating with farmers in the Midwest and South to take a tougher stance on pigweed. The key to eradication mindset is based on three essential building blocks. Through the Pigweed Eradication Journey Fields approach, we are showcasing farmers' experience as they work towards pigweed eradication on their operation. So we started out the year wet, so we had to adjust all of our herbicide plan a little bit because we got in late. And with the rain, with some wind, we weren't able to get it as early. And so we really struggled to have the right product on at the right time. Crop rotation will be critical for us in years coming to make sure that we can use different herbicide mixes so we can keep that area, that isolation, as small as possible and can kind of eradicate some of the pressures for one year at least and maybe that'll keep some of these at bay. Visit OperationWeedEradication.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach. It's, it's not really a quiet day to end the week in the grain trade. We've got the wheat market that's trying to work to the upside. We've got a really split decision on the products in the soy complex. What's going on? Yeah, uh, well, I think, Chip, the uh, the main thing is that we saw buyers underneath the market in both the wheat uh, and corn this morning. And, and uh, while corn is somewhat narrowly mixed here at uh, mid-morning, uh, like you mentioned, the wheat market is pushed to the upside. And, and keep in mind, we, we've seen pretty good moves to the upside across the grain and soy markets this week. Uh, so corn, soybeans, and wheat uh, all working solidly to the upside. Uh, we are facing a little bit of, of a pullback in soybeans this morning, uh, same as the case in meal. 
Neal, and, and Neal's really been explosive to the upside here recently. So uh, a minor pause or, or pullback in both soybeans and meal probably isn't uh, too much surprising. All right. Uh, corn, not a lot of action, just leaning to the upside. Yeah, um, like I mentioned, they've, they've yeah. had a big move to the upside already yeah. this week, above $5, so uh, quite a move there. <laughs> it, it could change some attitudes. We'll talk about that later. All right, uh, take us over to the livestock trade. Pretty quiet in live cattle. Uh, that's been the theme uh, pretty much throughout the week here. Uh, still waiting on active cash cattle trade. We have seen more uh, develop at, at higher prices, and, and so that's been a, a positive development. But waiting on this afternoon's cattle on feed report, okay. and the expectations are that the feedlot inventory will be down fractionally from where it was last year. Now, keep in mind, we'd already started reducing the feedlot supply last year, so year-over-year yeah. year declines mounting here. And then in the, uh, the hog market, just heavy pressure, new contract low. Uh, additional weakness in the cash and product markets. Have a great weekend, Brian. That's Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Hi, I'm Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths, and I invite you to join me each morning as we cover the nation's food system, from fields of green to orchards of orange and livestock everywhere in between. America runs on agriculture, and here at Ag Day, agriculture is what we do best. Listen as our analysts track the markets, learn about innovations in technology and sustainability, and live the country lifestyle through the eyes of rural America. Join me, Clinton Griffiths, for Ag Day, the country experience. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash pact to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come, Come to VA. VA. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge your batteries. AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. The third vote for Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House is currently underway. Uh, the current standing uh, vote tally, Jordan 123, Jeffries 124. And others, 19, no matter what, Jordan nor Jeffries will not have enough votes to win the speakership. Um, Just uh, an amazing process that is taking place. And uh, let's get back to the free-for-all. We've got pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, Sean Haney. Davis is here. It's me, Chip, and... Jim, the you mentioned it as we were g- getting into the break. This is uh, the the whole process has removed the focus of the House from key legislative issues, and at the top of that list are the appropriations bills. Uh, what happens if we get to? It, now, is that an end-of-the-year issue, Jim, or is it a November 17 issue? Well, initially, it's it's a – well, for first, you have to have the government open to get any funding. So you need – although Congress is not blocked out if we have a government shutdown. So you have to – you've got to have a speaker to get progress on the funding mechanisms. That's point one. Okay. Okay. Yep. The government can shut down, but lawmakers are still in. They shouldn't be paid, but they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the second one is you have must-pass legislation. The administration just filed a $106 billion uh, aid package for a combo, uh, Israel, Ukraine, uh, Taiwan, the Taiwan. southern border. That can't be dealt with either, Chip. Wow. Okay. You, you just brought us – we'll come back to that. Because what exactly does this mean for the farm bill, Jim? It, 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 the farm bill for so many lawmakers right now, it's not even on their radar screen. No, uh, and and it just it just dramatically increases the odds for an undetermined uh, extension, uh, Chip. One year, 
perhaps into early uh, 2024, depending on when they get their act together up there. But as has been noted uh, in, in foreign policy circles, the, one of the biggest hangups, Chip, on the Farm Bill is major policy differences in the Senate. You have yes. a major uh, line of demarcation between Debbie Stabenow, the chairwoman, and the ranking member, John Bozeman, relative to the funding for uh, the requested boost in reference prices. So th that that uh, they haven't progressed very far at all. And now you have kerfuffles going on in the House side. Politico broke a story uh, that the uh, House uh, uh, want, uh, maybe want to cut the uh, you know, Republicans, uh, find about $50 billion in potential cuts to the farm bill related to food and nutrition and climate initiatives. So that's another brouhaha in the House, Chip. Holy smokes. Yeah, when we had Senator Grassley on the show on Monday, uh, Davis and I we both perked up when he said, we got a major problem in the Senate between Bozeman and, and Stabenow and, and the funding there. Yes. That, that now, Randy Russell took some who, time to develop. Yes. Randy Russell, who you had, I think on earlier this week, told me yesterday, he has never seen a farm bill that there wasn't a middle ground, but he doesn't see it in the Senate. Yeah. There's no middle ground. Yeah, that you, is. Chip, Chip, some of the, listeners that you know you were talking about you know being supportive of what we're seeing in terms of the speakership i, I yeah. i've got a couple emails from listeners wrapping the farm bill into that too suggesting that you know what this is the kind of this is the kind of disruption and blow up that we need to be stronger going forward i'm paraphrasing mm -hmm. um th there seems to be just a, a general there there's so much i guess hard feelings towards DC and just the whole process and politics that it, it does seem, I agree that, you know, from feedback from the audience, there's people cheering for real, real disruption and thinking that, Hey, the other side's going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think the, um, the optimism in the countryside around what is happening in the house is that you break it down, you make it so bad that when you build it back up, you've got a stronger team. And, I, I, you know, I've seen different coaches' techniques over the years in doing that. There's the Bobby Knight way of doing it, and then there's, you know, other coaches. But when I think about Bobby Knight, great coach, right? Well, he broke a lot of spirits before he built them back up and made them the ball players that they were. And I, if if that's the process that we're seeing, hey, they might be a whole lot stronger coming out of this than, than, than what we think. And they might be able to get together on an issue like the farm bill yeah. where there, that has a history of bipartisanship. Jim, is that wishful thinking? Uh, uh, no, no, it isn't. Because, you know, Bart Fisher of Texas A&M, I heard yeah. him speak at a, at CEPA, a crop insurance meeting in Boston earlier this week, and he's already looking ahead to the next farm bill, Chip, in this regard. We're not going to have the financial environment even then than we have now. So basically, he's saying we ought to take whatever funding is available and just start from scratch and look at the right policy. Oh, man. You know what we need? We need, we need like over the weekend after Minnesota plays their game. We need PJ Fleck to be in DC on Monday and do a little row the boat speech or something <laughs> to get people uh, keep on rowing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is it. It, it is a. Uh, it's going to leave this farm bill in a in a position that I just don't know. So, Jim, one last question on this. Uh, if not Jordan, who's your your bet on who's next? Uh, who's next? It really it's up in the air. But I'll tell you, a wild card could be Byron Donalds from Florida. Yeah, uh, uh, watch him. Uh, he's he's uh, got by you know well bipartisan support. He's got uh, uh, various group supports within the Republican Party in in, yeah. in the House. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're going to have to go through other members, and he's he's one possibility. Stefanik from New York would be another. Uh, Emmer from Minnesota, 
uh, uh, I don't know whether any of them would want it. Well, what yeah. sell what sells amongst this group, right? Because the 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 center it there's you're appealing to Democrats, and if it's too far on the right, it's it's part of the rebellious eight. Like it, it's hard with it being so tight. It is extremely hard to find a, a candidate one that would do a good job, but two that it would be willing to run this chaotic group. Yeah. It, it, it's a real challenge here to find a front runner. There's a lot of names being thrown out, but it, it's yeah. a question of what is their path? True. Yeah. It's going to be. And difficult. it's clear that Matt Gates did not have a plan B when he did his motion to vacate. Remember, right. if you recall, right. he said we would have a new house speaker within a week. Well, right. he was wrong. Yeah. He was wrong on that. Um, by the way, everyone, Jim Wiesmeyer and Brian Grady, the editor of Pro Farmer, have an excellent page four on the farm bill. Uh, it's ready to go to the printer, and uh, it's it's a good read. It is a good read. Uh, okay, the president's address to the country, Jim. You mentioned it here just a bit ago, but and a package combining aid for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and funding for the U.S. southern border. Really? Combine <laughs> all those issues into one package? Uh, that tells you on the southern border, he's finally got the Democrats have finally got the word that they're in problem on that issue. I thought his speech was uh, not too bad, uh, powerful. It was a but more than a bit disjointed, he kept on changing the topic. So I don't think I think it could have been, you know, better laid out. But he was fervently uh, in support of uh, Israel. He brought up Iran several times, a little late, but at least he brought uh, Iran up as we're watching you. And uh, he compared uh, Putin with Hamas. So, yeah, uh, those is what the things I got. A forceful speech at the right time. How close do you think we are to a building narrative around regime change in Iran and that debate and then comparing it to what did or didn't happen in Iraq? And it, does that gain steam here? I think you were closer to it at the tail end of the Trump administration, where we were strangleholding them on the sanctions. And then now with their increased oil production, uh, the leaders in Iran now have the money to placate. Yeah. There's already been talk of regime change in Russia. They'd love to be rid of Putin. We're not going to, we're not going to, I mean, okay, now regime change in Iran too? Can we just stamp the whole world? Yeah. USA? You know, it it doesn't really work that way, does it? We got to learn to, no. well, to deal with the these Russian people and one... get along with them effectively. Yeah, the the Russian one may play itself out, though, like there can be regime change in Russia. That's a internal domestic solution. But that would come um, from inside. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean the U.S. going in there. It, it 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 I think there's a lot of people still banking on. The the oligarchs affiliation with oligarchs taking care of that, taking care of that yeah. business. Um, mm -hmm. But that's yet yeah. to play out. Yeah, and I think what happened with some of the uh, visuals, some of the video coming out of Putin's uh, latest trip, where he was seen traveling with the nuclear briefcase, at least that's what was reported. Uh, I know for some people that raised the level of importance in the Russia-Ukraine battles and the U.S. involvement and support for ukraine in that whole effort it might so, just have okay. been his lunchbox too we don't know. we don't know we'll discuss next <laughs> hey guys it's me isabella gomez filling in for smoky bear because he's got more to say than just only you can prevent wildfires like if you're outside enjoying a barbecue don't let a hamburger distract you from fire safety make sure you aren't dumping your hot coals or ashes onto the ground because that could start a wildfire so take wildfire prevention seriously, and let's save the world one day at a time. Juntos con Smokey Bear, podemos hacerlo. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. 
I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. Hey, y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family. But in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Mom's early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard to take. And when I left the oven on, we decided together that it was time to see a doctor and make a plan. Early detection gave us more time to seek out information and support as a family. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Cody Blockowitz, product manager with Helen Agri Enterprises based in Colorado, joins us right now. Cody, talk to us about getting fields ready for next year. Yeah, we got to constantly look forward and into the next year. So the applications that we make during the post-harvest season make a huge difference moving into the following year. Implementing a fall burndown program to be able to reduce the weed seed bank and stop those hard-to-control species before they become a problem next year. Yeah, okay. So what are some of the weeds that we're talking about here? Most of us are familiar in this area with Palmer Amaranth, Kochia, Russian Thistle and whatnot. Those have kind of taken their toll already for the year. So if you were to get out in the fields today and take a look around, you're going to notice some mare's tail, dandelions, tansy mustard and whatnot. These weeds can uh, be a big problem moving into next year. They take a lot of our soil moisture. They take more than a guy thinks over the next couple months, even before it freezes and definitely can put on a seed head and distribute some seeds before we get to that freezing point. All right, so help us out. What do you recommend that we do this fall? Well, my go-to in the fall has always been Latigo Bold. It's an ideal option for fall burndown. Highly effective, even in these cold temperatures that we get at night. Uh, it is a combination of a Dicamba 24D, and it's teamed up together with our Moveo formulation technology. Latigo Bold is a great tank mix partner. Very compatible, easy to use in these colder temperatures. The acid-acid formulation, along with that Moveo formulation technology, yields a quicker, more complete desiccation of unwanted weeds. Perfect. Okay, where can we go for more information? As always, you can visit HelenaAgra.com, and that is two A's back-to-back, HelenaAgra.com, and reach out to any Helena representative for any kind of information on Latigo Bold or any other of the products that we carry. Perfect, Cody. Thank you. That is Cody Blockowitz, product manager with Helena Agra Enterprises. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Kelly Clarkson, and as the daughter of a school teacher, I know just how important education is. No matter how old you are or your situation, continuing to learn will enrich your life and help remove barriers you didn't even know were there. So much opportunity, y'all. Whether it's a foreign language, history, or a different way to look at things, take some time each day to learn something new. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. When it comes to combines, capacity and cost keep going up. So if you aren't the largest farm in the county, how do you achieve the high harvesting efficiency of the big operations while still keeping costs in check? Start by checking out the Kloss Trion 740. The latest Kloss Combine delivers high reliability, low maintenance, gentle threshing, and surprising efficiency. The Kloss Trion 740. Learn more at Kloss.com. The chickens have come home to roost. Find out whose fence they're perched on today on AgriTalk. Welcome back. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us on this Friday morning for the free for all. Jim Wiesmeyer, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst, Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, and of course Davis Michelson is with us as well. Um, guys, I just got a press release. Uh, this takes us right back to where we started. Uh, this is from the Iowa Renewable Fuel Association. 
says today Navigator CO2 Ventures announced the cancellation of their proposed Heartland Greenway project that was set to span across the Midwest. The project would have connected ethanol plants across several states and transported CO2 to underground sequestration sites. Now, the reason that that was that, that this was being pushed was in the idea that if you could see if you could forever bury the CO2 that is generated from the ethanol making process that you could get the carbon intensity score on ethanol low enough that corn-based ethanol then becomes a key feedstock for the sustainable aviation fuel market. And Jim, you and I had a couple of conversations about it this morning. Um, it's the the ability to use corn-based ethanol for sustainable aviation fuel would be a huge boom, a huge boom for ethanol. Yeah, it's a conundrum, Chip, because, you know, when I did six speeches for the Iowa Soybean Council earlier this year, uh, not about a month or so ago, I knew this was a completely volatile issue within the state of Iowa. Oh, because yeah. if you were a farmer where that pipeline was going to go to, they were vociferously talking about the yield degradation of, of having that pipeline on their operation. Well, okay, there, yes, that is true. That that is true. But the 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 issue of imminent domain, uh, that was a the, the number one issue on the list. The yield degradation on that pipeline, yes, that's true. Uh, but you know, we'll never know. Yeah. Is the way it stands. We'll never know. Would they have done a better job of? of covering up the scar of the pipeline and maintained or retained some of that yield potential that was there. Navigator uh, and the others say that they had a, a process to do that. So uh, now I would say it never knows. But what this does is it increases the need to find a way to capture and use that CO2 that will allow the ethanol plants to lower their carbon intensity scores, right? Yes, it should. It should. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, and if you look at, you know, think about sustainable aviation fuel, um, you know, airlines, they, we got airlines reporting earnings here this week. And uh, I think all of the ones that I saw in Canada, the U S referring to uh, one revenge travel getting lower, but two f jet fuel costs are killing them. And their yeah. margins. So anything to, uh, I, I think there's going to be a, a lot of interest on the airline side pushing for the sustainable aviation fuel to move forward to increase the supply and get some of the prices down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, just coming off of a trip. Uh, you know, when they, they're packing you in there as tight as they can. <laughs> Guys, I, Jim, Jim, I know you know that. Oh, I have never seen a crowd at Dulles Airport in my entire life that I saw on Sunday where I almost missed my first plane as a result of that. And I got out to the airport an hour and a half early. Yeah. So and they said they uh, gave me no other reason that 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 it was so crowded that day. So uh, I don't know whether it's a continued revenge uh, trips or something's or going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was on a flight yesterday. And I almost mooed. I I felt like I was in a cattle liner. We oh. we were so tight. It, it's it was unbelievable, unbelievable. The Denver Airport Terminal B was as crowded as I have ever ever seen it. Yeah. And but that they're was volumes are down. I don't know how. I must be traveling at the wrong times or something because no, that's the is... same people counting the uh, the migrants on the border. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that what on? it is? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they throw a few in the trash can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I you know I think the vote might be done. One ninety four for Jordan, two ten for Jeffries, twenty five for others. I think that gets yeah. us pretty close. Um, so, yeah, obviously, obviously this fourth vote has has failed. Uh, 
Jim, tell us real quick what Arkansas is doing to uh, uh, Syngenta. Uh, well, they're just saying get out within two years because we don't trust you, China. That's 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 your bottom line, Chip. Uh, but this shows you the emotionality of that issue at the state level. Doesn't have to make sense, but they're going to. Uh, they were that yeah. was a landmark uh, case. You know, the the yeah. first state that did it in that regard. Right. Like Syngenta bought that land in 1988. Yeah. Like I, I love Syngenta's and Kim, response. And then Cam China bought Syngenta how long ago? Well, more I, recent than 1988. Oh, um, yeah, more recent than 88, but years ago. Years yeah. ago. Yeah. Well, I like how Syngenta said they expressed disappointment with the decision, stating that no directives from China prompted their land acquisition in 1988. It's a research farm for corn. Are, like, are, I, I, like, I'm not saying the legislation is bad. There's, there is applications, and we've talked a lot about you know why this is the case when it comes to farmland and foreign Please. ownership. I'm yes. not quite sure this was the intent, although the governor really seems to think so. Yeah. Yeah, this is... Uh... It, it is an interesting time. There's no question about it. Um, my goodness, they're going to continue this process here. It's there, Is there going to be a fourth vote today, Jim? How can he make bet, up that they, many votes? They have to. Not, I don't know. I haven't seen any announcement yet. But he's going to keep them in this weekend, at least if he doesn't. They allow it after this. Because this Who is knows? A, each time they're going up, he lost, what, 20? Yeah, uh, you know, twenty votes in twenty two, and now it looks like twenty five. Who so, knows? Uh, Jeffrey's yeah. could end up winning this thing yet. You never know. Yeah, they got to make sure no. that they don't have a high amount of absentees. That's right. Hey, thank you so much for listening this morning to the free for all. Thanks, Jim, Sean, Davis. Come back this afternoon, Matt Bennett, AgMarket.net, right here on AgriTalk. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report, the only weekend television show that features some of agriculture's biggest names. From custom commentary from John Phipps to the stories of antique iron with Machinery Pete to a list of more than 30 marketing analysts, our weekly program focuses on the topics that matter most to you. We invite you to join us each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. I taught for 20 years, until I started forgetting my lectures. Eventually, he had to quit. Getting his early Alzheimer's diagnosis was hard, but it gave us time to take control of the situation, together. I can't imagine going through this without him. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. For more information, visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council.